two of the Feeling Well with Elle podcast. My name is Elle Shacklady and I am the host of the podcast. Welcome back if you listened to my very first episode of the podcast and if not then welcome. I had a bit of a rough time with the first podcast trying to get it edited and uploaded and that sort of thing. Um, I know my when I first uploaded it, my sister messaged me and was like, do you know that there's a five minute silence in the middle of it? So I had to like mad panic and go back on and like play about with the volume again um, and try and make it work. But when I was listening to it back, I actually thought, oh my good God, you know, like when you hear your own voice and I felt like I was just putting a voice on, like it was came across like, hello and welcome. But hey ho I was like I'm not listening to it but yeah if you have listened to it then thank you very much so today's podcast is all about the 5am club this is based off a book that I've read by Robin Sharma which is all about getting up at 5am and elevating your life elevating your morning and making it your own basically and what I'm going to be doing is in this is going to be a two-part episode so this is going to be part one and in this part, I'm going to talk about a bit of a summary of the book, um, like the key findings that I've taken from the book and just break them down a little bit. And then for the rest of the week, I'm going to be joining the 5am club. So I'm going to put what I've kind of learned from this book into practice for the next week. And then I'm going to do a part two, just explaining what I did, how I found it, if it worked or if it worked for me, my kind of takeaways, that sort of thing. That's what I've got in mind for it anyway. So like I've mentioned, this podcast is based off a book and I can't recommend the book enough. I really enjoyed reading it. It was a bit different to other self-help books that I've read before because this is, it's almost like a fictional story within it, whereas other self-help books normally have like chapters titled different different elements of what you're going to be learning whereas this one was different in the sense that it was almost a fictional story where there was characters in the story that were learning the same thing that you as a reader are learning if that makes any sense so I really enjoyed it but I must say if you are thinking about reading it that it is a very very slow start like the first maybe three four chapters are so slow that you would read it and think what the fuck this is shite because it's just so slow and you just it's all a bit woo woo as well like up in the earth very I don't know how to explain it like kind of like spiritual stuff that I wasn't really really a fan of personally but you might be if you read it I don't know but all I would say is stick with it if you are going to read it because it does get so much better so the premise of the book is that by getting up at 5am that you will elevate your life, you'll excel and you'll be the most successful version of yourself that you can possibly be. And they kind of aim the book to say that this this joining the 5am club is what the world class leaders do, it's what the titans of industry do, the, the overachievers, the outstanding performers, this is what they do to be the best, the best that they can possibly be. So I just want to read you a little bit from the book which I think sums it up. It says, In a culture of cyber zombies addicted to distraction and afflicted with interruption, the wisest way to guarantee you are consistently producing mastery level results in the most important areas of your professional and personal life is to install a world class morning routine. Winning starts your beginning. And it does make me think, when I hear that, it does make me think of times where... 
I've got up early before in the past, say I've like gone to the gym before work or I've had loads to do that day and I've got up really early and just cracked on with it early days, like it does make me feel really good, like I feel like I've had a really productive day or that I've got on with shit that I need to get done, done and it does make me feel good. So when I read that I was a bit like, hmm, yeah, I could, I could do this, I could see how this would work. And throughout the book it has the idea that it's about nurture, not nature that God just didn't bless Billy Bob over there with the best talent ever and he just got lucky while you got unlucky. It kind of gets rid of that whole idea and it's that you can have this expert level or you can be the best of the best if you're willing to put the work into it and you're willing to get up at 5am and do the shit that nobody else wants to do because everybody else is asleep. I also just want to point out there is so much content in this book and I'd just gone through and cherry-picked the bits that resonated with me or the bits that I really like to put into this podcast. But there is so much more, and a lot of it is really useful as well. And a lot of it is not just paragraphs and paragraphs of what someone is saying. There's a lot of diagrams and models and frameworks and really good advice and evidence on how to implement these certain types of techniques that we're going to talk about into your routine, which I thought was really good. So the first one that I'm going to talk about is called the three-step success formula. And this basically says get granular, get specific, get picky with, with your goals of what you're trying to do. So step number one is better awareness. And then it in the little circle around it has learning and growing. Step number two is better choices, implementation and execution. And then step number three is better results, income, impact. So it's it's basically saying by having a better awareness and better understanding of the things that you do, you're then able to make better choices and implement the things that you've learnt or unlearnt maybe. And then as a result of that, you're able to get better results, which could mean more income, a better impact, whatever your specific thing is. So a really good example that they use in the book that I think just explains this three-step process to a T is in Formula One racing. So just think when a car goes to do a pit stop and they change the wheels, think of how quick that is and that there's so many different people there that have to work effectively at the same time to make it so quick and so efficient. They must go into every single detail and know every single detail of what their role entails in order to do that effectively. So the book talks about that once the car has been through the pit stop and it drives away, the team then have to hoover up the ground where the car's been with an industrial hoover to make sure that there's not a speck of mud or dirt or anything on the floor. And that's because that if any mud or anything gets into the engine of the car, say when they come around and do the next pit stop, it could actually cost them the race. And for someone on the outside, like me or potentially you, I don't know, that would seem like the tiniest detail ever that a speckle of mud in an engine could cost someone a race. It just seems bizarre, but the people in this field, they are so aware and so specific about what is needed and their role. And because they want to be the best, that's what it boils down to is you want to win the race, you want to be the best. So you do go into the small details, you do sweat the fine print because that's what you want to do so by having the understanding and knowing that this speckle of mud in the engine could cost me the race I know that and I'm very aware of that so I will make better choices and ensure that that doesn't happen so I will get more staff in so that we've got the staff there as soon as the car drives away we can then hoover it up ASAP 
and make sure there's absolutely nothing there in sight or that's why we got this industrial hoover so we know that there's nothing in sight and as a result of that we could win the race because potentially other teams aren't doing that other teams haven't got granular haven't got specific so if you want to be the best you have to put the work in to get there you have to have an understanding and awareness you have to be able to grow you have to be able to implement that into your choices and then you will get the better results they're not just going to land on your plate and you have to think that most people will do everything to an average level but not a lot of people want to get that specific not a lot of people want to have that perfectionism in the work that they do and that's what makes the difference between being average and being the best i just wanted to read this little bit in the book that says developing high awareness around the things that we do and having a painstaking approach to making our work perfect refining the details sweating the small points producing with precision rather than being unprofessional and careless under promising and over delivering taking immense pride in our craft going deep and embracing and that just makes me think back to school or when I've been in previous jobs where I've had to produce work and I just didn't give a fuck I did not care about the standard of that work and I was not specific at all I had no awareness I had no care to even learn or grow or any any of that I just did not care and the work that was given in and the results that came out were very much in line so for me I just think this just makes complete sense and just hits the nail on the head it's if you want to be the best you have to give your best and do your best and sometimes that might be a sacrifice so the next section I want to talk about is called the four focuses of history makers some of these really feel like tongue twisters when I'm saying them I swear to god so the four focuses are number one capitalization number two freedom from distraction Number three, personal mastery practice. And number four, day stacking. So capitalization is the argument that we spoke about a bit earlier, where it's the idea of nurture rather than nature, that no one's been born with this outstanding talent, that they've had to work for it or they've put in the work to work for it. And capitalization is about how well you capitalize on the things that you do have. So for example say you are a ballerina or you want to be a world-class ballerina ballerinas are known for having a really small petite frame because they're normally tossed about in the air but say if that's your goal and that's where you want to be that's your dream but you don't necessarily have this this tiny petite figure say or say if you have very very strong legs you could get to that same level of success this is the argument anyway that you can get to that same level of success by capitalizing on what you do have so if you've got really strong legs how do you use them to give you an advantage over other people do you train them really hard so they're really strong so then you can throw yourself higher in the air you can jump higher than the rest of them that have petite frames it's all about how you how you use what you do have rather than focusing on what you don't have so the second one is freedom from distraction and I think this is really obvious in terms of phones and technology. I am murder for picking up my phone as soon as it buzzes I'll pick it up regardless of what I've been doing. If I'm in work and my phone buzzes I pick it up straight away and that's it I'm distracted. I've lost my train of thought, I've lost focus on the task that I'm doing and I'm now looking at my phone and it's, I know it's not good and I know it's something that I definitely do need to work on. The book makes a comment on it and it says 
Intellectually, we know we shouldn't be wasting time on zero value activities, but emotionally, we just can't beat the temptation. We just can't fight the hook. This behavior is costing organizations billions of dollars in lost productivity and deficient quality. And as I suggested earlier, people are making more mistakes in their work than ever before because they aren't present in what they're doing. And it is so, so true. How can you be creative? How can you put your mind and your focus and all your energy into the one task that you want to do or become an expert in the field that you want to be in if every time your phone buzzes, you pick it up or the slight bit of pushback in your work. This is what I always find. If something gets a little bit tough or I'm a bit like, "Mm, I don't want to do that. I really don't fancy doing that. I'll just pick up my phone. Why do I do that? The, the task that I don't want to do is still there as soon as I've put my phone back down. So I think this is going to be a big one for me to actually implement in the next week because I know I mentioned on the previous podcast that I can just grab my phone and just scroll on TikTok for hours and hours and it's just the time just flies by and it doesn't make me feel good when I do it for hours and hours and I don't know why I do it. I honestly don't know why I do it. Like there's nothing wrong with doing it for a small spell but hours and hours is just it's just daft so this is going to be something that I'm really going to put a focus on this week definitely so focus number three is personal mastery practice and this is basically getting the time putting the time and the effort into being an expert being a master of your field and you can't expect to be very very good at something if you don't put the effort in whether that's you're training to be a swimmer are you training every day are you reading research are you looking at ways that you can improve not just physically but are you looking for ways that you can improve your learning and your understanding of what you're doing those types of things and the book says that psychologist Anders Ericsson from a state university in Florida has said that a performer must invest at least two hours and 44 minutes a day to improve in their chosen skill for 10 years that sounds like so much but apparently that's what you need to do if you want to improve you've got to put the time and the effort into it and this kind of links back to getting up at 5am because if you just get up normally you go to work you do your 9 5 maybe you go to the gym or go for a walk you come home have your tea you're probably just going to chill you're probably just going to get the tv on and chill for maybe the last hour two hours of your evening and then you're going to get up and do the same shit again the next day so when are you going to find these two hours 44 minutes to put time and effort into the things you truly love you're probably not going to unless you get up at 5 a.m and the fourth focus is called day stacking which is all about owning the day and making sure your day is going the way that you want your day to go and it talks a lot about micro wins so setting really small achievable goals that you can focus on and win in your day and the idea is that if you focus on improving every day whatever it is that you want to improve if you give a push to improve by one percent every day which would basically be very very little one percent improvement every day would mean that you've improved by 30 percent at the end of the month and that if you're consistent with improving by one percent every day in a year you'll be 365% better than what you previously was so here it's almost like the consistency of all this is key so by this point I'm over halfway through the book I've really liked all the stuff that I've read obviously there's a few more bits I've just picked out some key bits that we've just ran through 
and I'm loving it. I'm thinking, yeah, I can definitely do this. I can see myself getting up at 5am. I'm going to give it a go. And then I just thought, but what do I actually do? What do I actually do when I get up at five o'clock? Do I just get up and just work harder? Like, do I get up and just check my emails or put my effort into work or put my effort into maybe podcasting or whatever? What do I actually do? And it was only when I read the section called the 202020 formula. And this goes into depth about what you will do when you get up at 5am. So 5am till 6am is what is called the victory hour. And this is where you put your work in to, to start your day right. And the 202020 is the hour split into 20 minutes. So there's a section one, two and three that you're meant to do in this victory hour. So section number one is exercise. And not just any exercise, it's meant to be intense exercise. So that's from five o'clock in the morning till 20 past five. So the reason for this, it's meant to increase your dopamine, increase serotonin, elevate your metabolism. It's meant to cleanse your cortisol. It's meant to be really good for productivity. It's meant to keep the brain more focused, give you more energy, less stress. It's meant to be, there seems to be a lot of benefits for exercising first thing in the morning. I don't know how this is going to run with me, I will not lie, because I think I think I quite like a slow morning, so jumping out of bed at 5am to go and put my running trainers on, I don't know, I'll def, I will do it, I know I will be able to do it, but I don't know if this will stick, but we will see. So once we've done the first 20 minutes, that's our first 20, we then move on to the second section, which is the reflect section. So here it's all about reflecting, so journaling, meditating, maybe planning the day, um, maybe doing a gratitude list, that sort of thing. And this is meant to increase happiness, increase positivity, it's meant to increase creativity and even stronger performance. So that would be done from 20 past 5 till 5.40 and then we would go into our last 20 minutes of the victory hour which is grow and this is maybe listening to podcasts or audiobooks or online study, maybe watching educational videos in the field that you, you want to go into, reviewing goals, that kind of thing and this is meant to be really good for confidence, it's meant to be good for creativity again, good for inspiration. I think this would be a really good way to start off your day if it's possible. I think on paper it sounds fantastic and I just think wow I could 100% do this but putting it into play might be a little bit different but we will see. I'm definitely willing to give it a go and I like it I like the I like the sounds of it so the last little bit of the book that I wanted to touch on was the importance of sleep and I think this is a big one because how am I meant to get up at five o'clock in the morning and am I just knackered for the whole day is that just how it works that like you just do everything the same but you just get up earlier and I just I hate being tired I hate the feeling of being tired all day and there are some days where you can just shake it off in the morning like you are quite tired but once you get going and you've got to work and stuff like that you're fine but I hate the days where you are knackered and you can't shake the feeling of being tired I just think it's horrible so the book does highlight the importance of sleep and that a nighttime routine is just as important as a morning routine if your nighttime routine is not very good you're probably not going to have a very good morning routine, are you? So this time last year, when I was working from home, I used to get up pretty early. I think I even got up before 5am actually, pretty much every day in the week. And I would go to the gym in the morning. 
and it was a lot easier to do because it was light outside and it was warm but when it came to an evening and I had to go to bed I had to go to bed at like maybe nine half nine and I had to be lights out asleep then and that took a lot of dedication to actually do that bit because Love Island would be on and I would miss Love Island and have to watch Love Island on catch up but that type of thing of you have to commit to it you have to commit to getting a good night's sleep because if you wake up and you're tired you're not going to be able to put your best in to go in the gym because you're going to be lethargic you're not going to be able to lift very heavy weights because you're just knackered so if you're going to commit to getting up early you have to be able to commit to going to bed early as well like they just go hand in hand with each other and the book talks about a nighttime ritual of having a zero tech time and this is a good few hours before you're planning on going to bed to get rid of phones just put them away don't be checking them because the blue light that comes from phones actually reduces the melatonin in your body so that makes you feel a lot more awake and alert and that's not what you want to be doing when you're going to bed you want to be kind of winding down and letting your body get tired so then when you do get into a bed you're like out like a light that's what that's what we want so the book says in order to wake up and feel good and feel refreshed you should be having five complete sleep cycles that last 90 minutes so that would equate to seven and a half hours sleep every night and they also talk about a thing called oversleeping which I didn't know that was a thing but apparently it is where if you're getting nine or more hours of sleep you're actually oversleeping and it can actually make you more tired in the long run which who knew who knew too much sleep is a bad thing so in the book it does have a pre-sleep ritual which I probably won't follow to a T but it's quite good to have it outlined of what the ideal is so it says 7 p.m till 8 p.m it's the last meal of the day all devices turned off and isolation from overstimulation so for me this is kind of like wind down time getting ready to go to bed then it says between eight and nine time for real conversations with loved ones maybe meditate read podcast however it does say podcast and I just want to know what the author of this book was thinking when it said podcast or videos because it says you should avoid technology in the morning and avoid it in the evening but how on earth am I listening to a podcast or listening to an audio book or watching educational videos without technology I just make it make sense but anyway I think I probably won't listen to podcasts of an evening I think I will try to just stick with the reading but I'll definitely try them in the morning but who knows who knows this could all change and I might do different things each day I have no idea yet so then it says from 9 till 10 this is sleep preparation so make sure you're in a dark room a technology free bedroom and make sure the room's quite cool and it also says organize the stuff for the morning so put your exercise gear at the bottom of your bed or on your table or wherever you wherever you put your stuff and um, to make it a bit easier to just get up and get out in the morning i'm really going to do a big push on the technology free aspect of this and especially sleeping in a room without my phone i don't need my phone to be charging at the side of me and i think it's been something that i've been trying to do for ages is to just charge my phone in another room and I just can't I don't know if it's laziness of me not wanting to pull my bed back and move my charger or I actually just don't want to part with my phone and maybe it's a bit of both who knows but I'm definitely going to move my phone out of my bedroom because I don't need it I've got one of the Lumi alarm clocks that'll wake me up 
I'm, I should be able to have a very large portion of my morning without my phone. So that's going to be a real focus for me. So they are the main things that I wanted to highlight and speak about with you from the book. Like I said, I can't recommend the book enough. There is so much really good stuff in there. And it would be interesting if anybody does read it and it would be interesting to see other people's thoughts of the book. But like I said, I am implementing this as of tomorrow. So I'm recording this on a Sunday and starting Monday, I am going to be up at 5am every day. I'm going to have a play about with it because I know I've not really outlined what I'm going to do just because I didn't want to say I'm going to do this, this and this. And then it gets to next week when I'm recording another podcast and I didn't do it. I did something else instead. So my plan is to play about with it a little bit, try different things and see what works for me and maybe what doesn't as well. And then I'm going to come back and let you know how it went. I think I'm also going to try and document bits of it on TikTok or Instagram. I don't know yet because I don't really know how to use them either, but we shall see. I think that's my aim anyway. So there we have it. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you have stuck with me and reached the end and I will leave a bit about the author and the link to the book in the show notes just in case anyone's curious or fancies reading it. If you do, please let me know and let me know your thoughts and opinions because I'd love to hear them. And please come back next week and see how I got on. And please pray for me. Thank you very much. I'll see you in the next one. Bye.